morning. So happy to be with you this morning and those of you who are tuning in online. Um, I'm just going to read Psalm 93 to start us off with worship this morning. If you would stand with us as I read. The Lord is king. He is robed in majesty. Indeed, the Lord is robed in majesty and armed with strength. The Lord stands firm and cannot be shaken. Your throne, O Lord, has stood from time immemorial. You yourself are from the everlasting past. The floods have risen up, O Lord. The floods have roared like thunder. The floods have lifted their pounding waves. But mightier than the violent raging of the seas, mightier than the breakers on the shore, the Lord above is mightier than these. Your royal laws cannot be changed. Your reign, O Lord, is holy forever and ever. So let's sing together this morning. Father God, we come before you. Just thankful, God, that we get to worship you. Lord, thankful for, um, Lord, we're just thankful for all that you are doing in this place, the direction that you're leading this church, the direction you are leading its people. Lord, I pray protection over everyone who is traveling today. Um, Lord, I pray that the words that I speak today are your words and not my own. Lord, I pray that everyone softens their heart and is open to having an authentic, an authentic relationship with you. So Lord, we thank you and we love you. In your son's name we pray, amen. You guys can be seated. Bear with me one second while I get to the table. Well, good morning, everyone. Um, for those of you who don't know me uh, or recognize me, my name is Holden. I am on staff at Regen. Uh, I am the tech director. I'm normally back there struggling with uh, whether or not the live stream is still online or not. Uh, that's where I spend most of my time. Um, Normally, you see our fearless leader, Kyle, up here, um, but this weekend, he's on some much-needed and well-earned R&R with his family. Uh, he'll be back next week, um, so you get me instead. Um, so for those of you joining us online, I'm so glad that you're here, and honestly, I'm a little jealous. Um, I really uh, would love to be curled up under a nice warm blanket with a nice cup of hot coffee right now because it is kind of cold outside and snowy and I'm not a fan. Um, for those of you guys who made it here in person, thank you for coming out. I know it's a little snowy out, it's cold out. I'm sure some of you would have much rather been uh, curled up under a blanket as well. Um, but I'm so excited uh, today for what the Lord has prepared uh, in the scripture. Uh, Acts 9. 32 through 43. Yes, I do uh, realize that we're taking a step back. Uh, last week we were in Acts chapter 10 where Kyle spoke about uh, the vision Peter had of the uh, food on the blanket. Um, but this week we're taking a step back and we're going to be looking at Peter's ministry in Lydda and Joppa. 
Uh, but before we jump into scripture, uh, let me tell you a little bit about myself. So I come from a big blended family. For those of you who don't know what a blended family is, a blended family is when two separate families come together, step-siblings, step-parents. Um, I'm the oldest of three boys from my mom, um, and I have, I have four stepsisters, uh, three older and one younger. That makes me a middle child. So can we give a round of applause for all the middle children in here real quick? Actually, hold on, never mind, we always get forgotten. Um, <laughs> Just kidding. I'm just kidding, guys. Um, I remember this one time, though, um, growing up where my youngest brother, Oscar. So he's the younger brother, and he always was following me around, always nipping at my heels. Like, I had a little shadow no matter where I went. Like, I couldn't get rid of him. And honestly, at six years old, seven years old, I found it really annoying, and I just wanted him to go away. Um, but there was one time where I had just finished playing on the computer. Now, back then, the computers weren't, you know, these sleek, uh, colorful things. They were, uh, you know, these big hulking towers that, like, sat on the floor. The monitors were, like, reminding me of tube TVs, and it was... Uh, you know, it was the old style monitors. And my brother, he was between one and two years old. Uh, I don't remember the exact age. He climbs up on the computer desk and he grabs the mouse and he navigates his way to the pinball game on the computer. Because uh, you remember like Microsoft pinball was like the best pinball game on computer that you could get. Um, and he started playing it. And my grandmother pulled me aside and was commenting on the fact that he at, you know, one to two years old, has already learned how to operate a computer. Back then, when a, you know, a child, when a little one learned to operate a computer, it was a big surprise. It's not like now where my 11-month-old daughter can grab my cell phone, open it, to the, go to the camera, and start taking selfies already. I'm like, guys, she's not even a year old yet. Um, but it was a surprise. And my grandmother, she pulled me aside, and she was like, hey, you know, the reason he knows how to do that is because he watches you do it. Because I'm a gamer. I like to play games. I've always been that way. And at that time, I was like, okay, hey, this is pretty cool. This is pretty cool. My little brother is watching me, and he's learning. He's learning how to do things because he's paying attention to me and imitating what I do. Um, and, you know, I kind of took that under, under advisement, like, hey, my little brother's going to watch me as I grow up. I need to set a good example for him. Whether or not that actually happened, I don't know. I might have been the example for him not to follow. Like, that's how he turned out as smart as he was. Uh, I'm street smarts, he's book smarts, complete opposite. But as we jump into the scripture here, I want you guys to pay attention to what Peter is doing as he goes about his ministry. So Acts 9, 32 starts. Meanwhile... Peter traveled from place to place, and he came down to visit the believers in the town of Lydda. There he met a man named Aeneas, who had been paralyzed and bedridden for eight years. Peter said to him, Aeneas, Jesus Christ heals you. Get up, roll up your sleeping mat. And he was healed instantly. Then the whole population of Lydda and Sharon saw Aeneas walking around, and they turned to the Lord. 
36. There was a believer in Joppa named Tabitha, which in Greek is Dorcas. She was always doing kind things for others and helping the poor. About this time, she became ill and died. Her body was washed for burial and laid in an upstairs room. But the believers had heard that Peter was nearby at Lydda, so they sent two men to beg him, Please, come as soon as possible. So Peter returned with them, and as soon as he arrived, they took him to the upstairs room. Uh, the room was filled with widows who were sweeping, who were weeping and showing them uh, all, showing him the coats and other clothes Dorcas has made for them. But Peter asked them all to leave the room. Then he knelt and prayed. Turning to the body, he said, Get up, Tabitha. And she opened her eyes. When she saw Peter, she sat up. He gave her his hand and helped her up. Then he called in the widows and all the believers, and he presented her to them alive. The news spread through the whole town, and many believed in the Lord. And Peter stayed, in, stayed a long time in Joppa, living with Simon, a tanner of hides. I want to give you guys a little bit of background as to what's going on here. Um, so this is after the conversion of Saul, um, which we heard about a couple weeks ago. And at this point, some of the persecution of the Christians had, it, it had lightened up a little bit. And so the disciples, the, uh, the apostles, they felt as if it was okay for them to start traveling around again. Uh, it was safe for them to start traveling to other churches and teaching them because uh, at this time, there was no written New Testament. So the way that, that people received the apostolic teaching was by an apostle going to the church and teaching them, pouring into them, helping them out with evangelism, uh, checking in on them. The churches that Peter was heading to uh, quite possibly were churches that were started by Philip, uh, who we had heard a couple weeks ago, heard about a few weeks ago, um, churches that he had started during his ministry. Now, in this passage of scripture, we see two main events happening. Uh, we, the first event that we see is the healing of Aeneas, and the second event that we see is the resurrection of Tabitha. The first miracle done by Peter. Now, the interesting thing about these two miracles, see, these two miracles uh, are almost identical to miracles that Jesus did. The first miracle done by Peter, the healing of Aeneas, uh, resembles Jesus' healing of the paralytic man in Matthew 9. See, Jesus goes up to the paralytic man, and he says to him, uh, you know, your sins are forgiven. At this time, some scribes are there, and they're like, you know, he blasphemes. What right does he have to forgive someone of sins? And Jesus corrects them, and then he turns to the paralytic man, and he says to him, stand up, pick up your mat, and go home. See, that's Matthew 9, 2 through 6. And then when we take a step back and look back at what Peter says, see, Peter, he says, Jesus Christ heals you. Get up and roll up your sleeping mat. They're pretty similar. The, the, one of the biggest differences is, you know, Peter doesn't tell the man to go home. Well, the reason he doesn't tell the man to go home is because the man's already sitting at home. It'd be kind of silly for Peter to say, pick up your mat and go home. Uh, Peter, I am home. Okay, well, then you're already here. No, so the interesting thing about this miracle, see, both of these miracles were done by the power of Jesus. You know, in the first one, uh, 
in Jesus' miracle, he says, you have been forgiven. The Son of Man has the right to forgive people here on earth. And then you go to Peter, who says, Jesus Christ heals you, not I, Peter, heal you in the name of Jesus. No, he says, Jesus Christ heals you. The second miracle, uh, the second miracle, the resurrection of Tabitha, also mirrors one of Jesus' miracles. See, in Mark 5, uh, Jesus is invited to Jairus' house. Um, Jairus' daughter has fallen ill, and on the way to Jairus' house, uh, the daughter dies. And, you know, they send out a messenger to Jesus saying, hey, don't bother coming, she's already dead. Jesus goes anyways, and when he gets there, you know, he sees everybody is mourning. Um, he goes into the uh, room that she's been laid in, and he doesn't let anybody enter except for the parents, Peter, James, and John. And when he enters the room, he takes the girl by her hand, and he says, little girl, get up, Mark 5, 41. When Peter healed Tabitha, he did not allow anyone in the room with him. When he walked into the room, he walked in there, he kneeled down and prayed, and then he turned to Tabitha and said, Tabitha, get up. Would you guys like to know how closely, like, this is just a really cool, fun fact here, um, how closely this uh, imitates Jesus' miracle? If Peter was speaking in Aramaic at that time, uh, which most scholars believe that he was, um, he would have said, Tabitha kum. Jesus, the Aramaic that he spoke when he spoke to the little girl, said Talitha kum. It's one letter different. Whether that's a big meaning or not, I don't know. I thought it was really interesting, and my wife and I kind of nerded out about it for a little bit at home, and we're like, what's the interesting part about this? Why is it important? I don't know. Couldn't figure that out. But it is, ex it is extremely cool, and honestly, uh, points to, you know, like, it points to Peter's knowledge of Jesus and how he spoke to people when he did perform the miracles. It shows how he imitated Jesus. So there are three observations I would like to make about this passage of Scripture. See, the first thing that I would like to uh, make, first observation, is that both miracles, both miracles were done by the power of Jesus. We see in both instances, we can see Peter uh, in the first one saying, uh, Jesus Christ heals you, and in the second one, he kneeling down and he prays. Um, the second miracle, not second miracle, second observation, both miracles follow the example of Jesus. See, the healing of Aeneas mirrors the healing of the paralytic in Capernaum. The resurrection of Tabitha almost identically, um, almost identically mirrors the resurrection of Jairus' daughter. And the third observation I would like to make is that both miracles brought glory to Jesus. At the end of both miracles, you see Acts saying, uh, Luke puts in there, that the whole population, or many, had turned um, to the Lord. Now, 
whenever you see the whole or all, it's not necessarily uh, every single person. It was the majority. Um, it's how they were descriptive about the amount of people that had come to know, uh, come to know the Lord. So it's interesting when I look at these three observations. It's interesting to me uh, that these three observations reflect something we talk about a lot here at Regen, uh, and that's the up, in, and out triangle. If you don't know what that is, um, if it's your first time here, first time joining us online, or you just haven't heard about it yet, so the up, in, and out triangle uh, represents the three dimensions of Jesus' life. Uh, see, Jesus had an upwards relationship with the Father, he had an inward relationship with his disciples, and an outward relationship with those who did not know God. The first observation, the first observation reflects an upward relationship with Jesus. Uh, because Peter had walked and continued to walk in intimacy with Jesus, uh, Peter had access to Jesus' power to complete the miracles. The second observation reflects an inward relationship as it shows uh, the knowledge that Peter had received from Jesus, from being invested in from Jesus. Now this might seem a little confusing because both the first uh, observation and the second observation reflect Jesus. Uh, what we have to recognize and understand is that we're talking about two separate aspects of Jesus. We're talking about a spiritual aspect of Jesus um, and a human aspect of Jesus, the godly aspect and the teacher aspect. Um, the third observation, see the third observation uh, reflects an outward relationship uh, as the miracles brought people to God. Now I feel it's very important here that I say that the miracles themselves are not the out. The miracles themselves are not the out. The out is the aftermath of the miracles. What happens after the miracles is people coming to Jesus, people who don't know God, forming a relationship and being saved and accepting Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. That's what the out is. Someone once said to me, we don't want to chase the gifts, we want to chase the giver. We don't want to chase after the miracles. Um, we want to chase after God, the one who gives them to us. Now, I could end my sermon here, and you guys would have received a nice and interesting and knowledgeable teaching. Um, however, uh, my pastor mentality won't let me do that. Um, it's too short. Um, but also, my heart isn't just that you guys receive knowledge. It's that you're able to live it out in your everyday life. I believe that's called wisdom. So what can we take from this passage? Um, what can we take from this passage to be able to apply to our day-to-day? See, just like the story about my brother imitating me, it's only natural for Peter to imitate Jesus. Uh, see, Jesus was Peter's brother. Jesus is our brother. Hebrews 2, 10 through 11 says, God, for whom and through whom everything was made, chose to bring many children into glory. And it was only right that he should make Jesus, through his suffering, a perfect leader, fit to bring them into their salvation. So now Jesus and the ones that he makes holy have the same father. That is why Jesus is not ashamed to call them his brothers and sisters. 
We also see reference to being brothers and sisters in Romans 8. Uh, it says, For God knew his people in advance, and he chose them to become like his son, so that his son would be the firstborn among many brothers and sisters. So if science is correct, and imitating your older sibling is natural and an excellent way to learn to do the things that we are do the things that you have to do in life. As brothers and sisters of Christ and in Christ, should we not should we not also be imitating Jesus? Should we not be imitating Peter imitating Jesus? See, Peter imitated Jesus' life by having all three points of the triangle. He had an upward relationship with the Father. He had an inward relationship with the people in his community, and he had an outward relationship as he participated in evangelism and bringing people to know the Lord. As we move further into 2021, and Kyle spoke a little bit about this last week, and on a video that they, we had posted online on Facebook and Instagram, I think. I don't know. I'm not really on Insta. Um, I don't do that. Um, but Regen is moving towards a season of out. Over the past year, we have really focused on the up and in. We have created a strong place for discipling to happen. But for discipling to continue, we have to, you know, continue doing what Jesus told us to, which was to preach the gospel to those who don't know it and bring people to him. And then disciples create disciples who create disciples. But we need that up and in to be able to do that, and we have been focusing on up and in. However, in Mike Breen's book, Building a Discipling Culture, he says this. If we do not have all three elements of the triangle, up, in, and out, we are out of balance, and we will wobble through life. If you've ever driven a car with tires out of balance, you know what we mean. See, the important part of that quote is actually just the first sentence. I actually only added the second one in there because I'm a tire technician and tires are my life five days a week. And most of the time I can look at your tire tread and tell you what tires you're driving on without actually looking at the tire. I've been doing this for way too long. Anyways, we must live in all three dimensions just as Jesus did. So as we move into this season of out, the up and in are what's going to help keep us going. So I want to give you guys just a few things to think about to help gauge where you're at. The first one is how is your upward relationship with God? You know, how is your worship time outside of a Sunday morning? How is your prayer life? Are you, you know, daily in prayer? Are you daily in the word? The other thing that I want to give you guys to think about is, um, you know, how is your inward relationship and community? Are you part of a small group? If not, why? Small groups are really accessible right now because they're all online. They're all through Zoom. Typically, most of them are only about an hour a night. We make it very easy to be part of the community and receive being poured into. But then the other aspect of that is, are you pouring into others? Are you pouring into somebody's life, teaching them, showing them the ways of Jesus? The other part is, how's your outward relationship with those who don't know the Lord? Over the last year, have you witnessed to somebody? You know, we've kind of, we took a spiritual assessment test, um, or survey, not test, survey, um, and 
you know, like, it's kind of like just reaffirming in yourself. Take some time over the next week to, like, really f look and focus on, you know, am I really participating or am I, do I have all three parts of the triangle in my life or am I out of balance? And if that's the case, what direction need, do I need to go to get in balance? There's a famous quote from Oscar Wilde, and it says, imitation is the sincerest form of flattery. Now, there's a second half of this quote, but I don't think it's important, and I don't think it's very nice. Um, so what better way can we, as a sinful and broken people, show our love to Jesus, except for through imitating him in our everyday lives. So will you guys go ahead and pray with me real quick? Father God, I come before you. Uh, Lord, I humble myself before you, recognizing that I am out of balance. Uh, Lord, I ask uh, this week that you speak Lord, that you speak to those in this room and online. Um, and Lord, you show them where they're out of balance at. Lord, that they open their hearts and minds to recognizing that so that they can correct it and continue living in a better relationship with you every single day. Lord, I thank you for all the people who uh, are here, people who haven't come yet. Lord, we thank you and we love you. In your son's name. Thanks, Holden. So here at Regen, a really important um, part of our culture is that we don't just hear the word, but we um, press into doing what it says. So um, we're going to take a minute and have some reflection time. Um, so you know the up. My kids love to go and buy chicken food. And they don't care about the chicken food. Um, but they love to sit in the car with their dad, and his car's small, so he can't take everybody. Um, and so think about how, how can you spend some time with the Father this week? And it doesn't have to look like a really intense Bible study. Um, it doesn't have to look like even really like on-your-knees prayer. I mean, some of us are really spiritual and do that, and that's great. But if it just looks like sitting in the car with Jesus on the way to get chicken food, that's awesome. Um, so really think about, you know, how this week, what is one thing that you can do to just spend time with the Father and listen to his heart for you? Um, and then for the out, I think, you know, really be kind of, you know, turn on your spidey senses about, you know, who, who might the Lord be inviting you to share his love with? And, you know, it usually starts with prayer. You know, not, not Lord fix them because they're a mess, even though they might be. <laughs> um, but, you know, Lord, help me to have a softer heart toward them. Help me to see them in the way that you see them. So, thanks.
God, I ask that you, you, Father, are all that we are. God, we pray that your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Father, we thank you for the week that you are about to give us. Lord, we love you. Amen. Hey, thank you guys so much for coming out this week. Uh, I super appreciate the support. Um, yeah, may the Lord bless you and keep you. We'll see you guys next week. Thank you.